All right, everybody, welcome back to another and the final week of Ghost in the Scene for 2019. I am your host, Gio. This is the only ghost-free and ghost-friendly podcast out there in the podcast universe. I'm with my co-host, Rob. How are you, Rob? Uh, Gio, can you, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. You sound perfectly clear. Okay, good, because I was just working with the street team setting up a new secure router. I'm in an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. I had to. I, I recently moved uh, for my safety. Uh, you know, it 2019 was a really intense year with possessions, and uh, you know, it's really. I really, as we get into 2020 and end up end this 666 year, you know, do the math 2019, mm-hmm. um, and we're not out of it yet. We're still in the second most haunted month of the year. There is a. Solar eclipse on Christmas, everyone. What? If you knew this, but the sun itself can't is is hiding uh, wow. on Christmas. So be safe out there. You know, take the appropriate measures. I did. Um, so, but I'm just glad to be with such a supportive group as all of you to help me uh, get to the safe place, so I can do this for all of you so we can do this all together so the word of the truth can still get out even if some things can't get out like the sun and you know i feel i feel good that you're in a new place um i feel bad that you got doxxed by ghosts you know and then i also feel bad for the people that are going to be living in your apartment once once you've once you moved and vacated your old premises they don't know they're walking into possibly one of the most targeted paranormal places in America, in this universe, possibly. So I feel bad for them. Hopefully, you know, they can handle it. I'm sure you left some, some holy water lying around, but, you know, that might not be enough for them. We, we might have to check in on them next year and see, you know, if this is kind of like an Amityville kind of situation. Um, but until then, until there's some kind of triple homicide, we, we will never know. But I'm just glad that you're out of there. I'm glad you're safe, you're secure in your new location in hopefully reinforced concrete walls, hopefully, you know, some steel beams, you know, taken from, you know, the cathedrals in in Europe. There's stuff like that that you can order online, guys, in, in the intellectual dark web, that you can order steel beams from Europe that have come from cathedrals. And they're blessed by old popes that don't even live anymore. So they're ghosts. Ghost popes, yeah. Ghost popes. So I'm just glad that you're safe and sound. And we're at the end of the year. So we all have to be aware that the, the sun is hiding for a reason. Santa Claus is the, world, the world's um, ubiquitous ghost. Everybody knows him. They have different names for him all around the world. But we all know at this time of year... He sneaks into our houses and leaves stuff where they shouldn't have been, right? He just leaves stuff all over the floor. He puts things in bags. He wraps it up, and then it's a mystery box. If you watch the movie Seven, this would be like a heart attack every time you open a box because your your wife's head could be in there or a gift that your wife gave you or something like that. But the chances of it being a head, eventually it's going to happen. How many, how many boxes are you going to have to open before it's your wife's head, right? Not, not too many. So, yeah, be aware of Santa Claus. He's coming. He's coming down the chimneys. And if you're not ready with his milk, with his cookies, um, he will take a shit and he won't flush. That's true. That's happened to me multiple times. And I've been accused of not flushing. And that's something you never want to get accused of is not flushing because how do you prove that? You know, how do you prove that? I I just say it out loud. I'm flushing now. I'm flushing the toilet, everybody. I've been saying that out loud ever since, but that's not a way to live. So let's get into this week. This is the final episode of the year. So 2019 is, is coming to a close and our offices are also coming to a close um, the investigations aren't over. We still are chasing leads left and right. That's 24-7. Yeah, and we have street team people that are working very hard for us without any pay. And we want to thank them, and but give them a Christmas break. 
they have to prepare for Santa Claus and for all the reindeer. They have to reinforce their roofs for when the reindeer and the, and the sleigh comes on their roofs. So if you watch the movie The Santa Claus, you see that if you are responsible for killing him, you then bear the responsibility of becoming the new Santa Claus. And that means you become a ghost at least one day a year, if, if not more. I'm not sure what kind of training you have to do to become Santa, but you probably have to become a ghost for a little while. So no one wants to do that, and we're going to give our street team the right time to prepare for Santa's arrival. And so that's why we're taking this, uh, this time off, and we're just happy that we're still here, we're still alive, and we're still clear-minded because this was one hell of a year. So let's get into it. Um, Rob, do you have any events um, that you can think of in this, uh, this 2019 year that really strike you as being charged paranormally? Yeah, I mean, I, when you said it's been one hell of a year, um, mm. that really resonated with me because we were speaking a lot about hell fire, right? Yes. There's been so many... Um, kind of burning events. I felt like this year really burned its way through it in so many different ways and not one way. I mean, obviously we had literal fires um, and just thinking of all that smoke, all those ghosts and all the, the smoke of, you know, think beyond, you know, people and our, uh, you know, guys, girls, exes, you know, think even more broadly than that, right? Think of about are, are trees and the squirrels and the little birds and think about what happens when they get burned up you know you get all those souls of all those trees not you know worldwide right you know we we live in california but there's also the amazon um there is no more amazon no. uh i you know it's been converted to the cloud um, we haven't spoken to this, like, you know, at length, but because we're, we're trying to do some more investigation on the surface, it seems obvious, right? Jeff Bezos is obviously burning down the rainforest so he can convert the rainforest into the cloud to fuel his Amazon services. Into a smoke cloud, right? He's, he's making smoke clouds that will then attach to Wi-Fi and then become data. This is, if this were on another planet without people, and there was just a planet full of trees that always grew, and you know he could do it without harming people and causing tree ghosts in our Earth, then it'd be fine, right? If this were a, a, an asteroid with trees on it, and he and he used that, okay, fine, you know. But this is our Earth. These are our ghost trees that we have to deal with. There's already enough of the tree farming that we do for Christmas every year for Santa Claus. And with all those ghost trees that we keep in our houses, I want you to think how sick that is, people. That's like taking a dead body that you find you know, in, the, in a forest, dragging it to your house. Well, actually, someone buys it, and then they drag it to their house, decorate the dead body with a bunch of ornaments celebrating a ghost that's going to eat cookies and milk and, and poop in your toilet if you don't do that for him. And then once they're dried up, you just throw them in the garbage, right? They're all going to the dump. And then what happens at the dump? You have monsters. You have demons. You have chimeras. This is where snakes... The grouches. The, yes, Oscar the Grouch is is full of pine needles at the beginning of every year because they stick to them. They're sticky, right? The sap. And so he can't get hugs anymore. You try to give Oscar the Grouch a hug, he has green fur. It looks like the nettles look like green. You give him a hug and it's prickly. And therefore he has no friends, no love, and you have Santa Claus to blame. So this is the time of year that we have to remember that, yes, and also this is something that I, it just struck me, Everybody uses Amazon for Christmas gifts now, right? Right. Coincidence? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I don't think so. Bezos 
is working everybody. He's working the the front end and he's working the back end. He's making all the trees burn up for the cloud for more space for people to buy Amazon products. So Bezos, Buzos, if that's your real name, um, we got your number. It, it might have taken 12 months for us to finally figure it out, but we figured it out. And, you know, I'm glad that hopefully this is going to Congress right, at, right after we finish recording this and then they can jot this down in the Library of Congress because that was, that was amazing, Rob. That, that little nugget of truth you gave us was probably worth the entry of, of every episode of this this season so that was amazing yeah and it's all built i mean honestly it is all built on everything that we all do and i feel so interconnected to all of you listening now um you know so if you had that thought before i even said it you know that that is the power that we're talking about and the power together and just know that i i think we can announce that every single episode of the ghost in the scene will be submitted to the library of congress for mm -hmm. posterity because this is information like this is public information that needs to be known. Absolutely. And we're going to send this to the Internet Archives in San Francisco, and they're going to archive all of this and our faces so that if we ever uh, you know, go into the ghost dimension and don't come back, which happens, they will be able to recreate our likeness and voices with artificial intelligence, and you will get more investigations, probably even better ones, because we will be fully functioning on the Internet now. So... You know, look forward to the time that we that we pass on because you will get probably better content from the other side because we'll have, you know, one on one talks with Elvis Presley, you know, and all, all, the, all those kind of people that refuse to do Ouija board interviews because, you know, they especially performers when they can't sing and they can't dance. It's hard to interview them. Right. And, and when you just have a Ouija board, it's not enough. To, you know, to hear that funk, that flair that Elvis would bring to the conversation. So we need someone on the other side. That's something we're going to be working on, getting some ghost interns. Um, we have allies and enemies, but the one thing is we need more interns, right? Um, unpaid work for, uh, for college experience. I'm not sure what kind of ghost colleges are, are enrolling right now, but if anybody needs a reference, work for us for a little while. And give us, you know, the interview with Elvis that we've been asking for, and we can we can talk about it. So, you mentioned fire, and justifiably so, because that's been on the tongue, the tip of everybody's mouth, right? Fire, January, was the fire festival, and we and they made a documentary about it, and about how it blew up in flames, a catastrophic jaw rule. And some other guy made out like bandits. And all of these people came to a location and there was nothing there. No water, no anything. One giant, you know, I would say ritual. To what end? Ask Jaw Rule, right? He knows the rules. It's, it's Jaw Rules. And then we have the cathedral fire, right? In France, Notre Dame itself. If you watch the Disney movie, they predicted this. There was a fire in Notre Dame. If you remember the movie, they predicted this to the T. And where's Esmeralda? Where's Quasimodo? They could be anywhere. So we have fire, right? That is the signifying action of 2019. The world was set ablaze. You have protesters. You have, like you said, the Amazon. You have the cathedral. And then you have all of these movies that came out that added fodder for the fire. More wood. And if you watch Inglorious Bastards, you know that film catches fire a lot quicker, right? And so all of these movies that we're going to talk about this year, these are uh, 2019 movies that we need to kind of give a quick mention because not a lot of people – were aware of how chaotic this year was it, it i mean they they know the surface right people the the regular basic people know okay yeah sure politics environmental stuff but they don't talk about ghosts they don't talk about demons they don't talk about time travel 
I don't even know what they talk about. I mean, just unimportant stuff, really. But that's why we know you are here with us in the scene to get the real news, to know what's really happening. Exactly. And so we're going to talk about some events and some movies in 2019 that happened that were ignored by the mainstream media, that were even ignored by the non-mainstream media. You know, we're the only media that's going to be talking about this. So, you know, like and subscribe and share and do whatever you want. But I want you to internalize what we're going to say, right? Because it doesn't matter if you share it and you, and, and you talk about it if you don't take it to the heart. So take this to the heart, guys. Right now, this year, we had China land on the dark side of the moon. That's something that happened. Now, that's, that may be shocking for you guys to think that, you know, we don't, we don't know what's on the dark side of the moon, that nobody knows what's on the dark side of the moon. That might kind of scare you. And it scared me when I, when, when I thought about it. What is China doing on the dark side of the moon? We can only really see the moon on one side at a time. So on that other side, they could be having, I don't know, uh, un unsanctioned um, food, unlicensed. They could be vending food, having farmer's markets on the moon to aliens. And there's no FDA. There's no, you know, there's no drug administration to see if the food is good quality. Right, just think about all those vape pens that are hurting people here. They can take them off the market because we can see them here. But in the dark side of the moon, they're, they're probably vaping up all sorts of vitamin E. Wow. And there's no police there to stop them. And there's also a lot of ghosts there to ingest the vape. Secondhand vape is also dangerous to ghosts. You might not know that, and you know they don't talk about vitamin E in that way. But vitamin E is for ectoplasm, vitamin ectoplasm. So you are puffing out your little cloud, your little vape cloud in the, you know, in the shape of a sailboat or something. And then a ghost is going to be able to use that sailboat and sail on a vape cloud to Earth. Crash collision. We have, we have pirate ghosts now from the moon, from the dark side of the moon, coming to invade the world. Thanks to China making it to the dark side of the moon first. Now, we did have a roadmap. Um, Rob did mention, and I forgot about this, this was a roadmap that a British astronomical astronaut band created in the 70s. And we believe this was what the Chinese used to get to the dark side of the moon first. Um, we're talking about Pink Floyd's dark side of the moon. Um, and what year did that come out? 1970... 1973, Gio. Wow. Seven and three, right? One, nine, seven, three. So seven and three is 10. Minus one is nine. That's two nines, right? And then nine plus seven, 16, right? Nine minus one is eight. Eight and 16, that's 24. Two and four, six. Boom. Right there, guys. The length of this album, 42 minutes, 32 seconds. Three times two, nine. Right? No, I'm sorry, that's six. Four times two is eight. That's 14. One and four, three. Right? That's another three. That's another six, six, six. So they used this alchemy. And they got to the dark side of the moon first. Now they're vaping. Now we don't even, but, and that's just our assumption. That's, that's, the, that's the best thing they could be doing right now is just vaping a bunch of ectoplasm. But what's the worst thing that you think they could be doing up there, Rob? I mean, the scary part is that you don't even know. That's the whole point, right? This is, we don't know anything about the dark side of the moon. You know, you try to listen to that album and to, to learn more but it's all very cryptic. It's uh, true. You know, they just say that they'll see you there on the dark side of the moon because I think it's beyond description. You know, they're thinking about money and time and brain damage, hanging out on some on on the lawn. Mm -hmm. um, 
and ha having to get off the lawn. So, you know, it's this sounds that are very kind of vague or maybe you know generalized. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of the most haunted albums ever. You know, you can play it to to movies as well. Oh my god! And, you know, it's one of the most misunderstood albums of all time because we know that there's symbology in it but what is the real message i mean it's the great gig in the sky right what that sounds like to me that sounds like a challenge right a task that one must do in the sky which i think is what the roadmap to the moon was this whole, like, like you said, there is so many symbols just kind of packed in there that people have been using it to watch The Wizard of Oz to understand the deeper meanings of that. And they haven't understood that it is literally a roadmap to the moon. And, you know, what do you, what do you need to get to the moon? You need money, right? What happens if you vape too much? You get brain damage, Right? you know on the run you have to you have to go fast to go from the earth the the velocity you have to reach to get out of our atmosphere right us and them they're talking about china and america right or us and and them as as uh, you know people and ghosts so i think this was a pretty clear race that we lost you know, Americans, we could have gotten to the dark side of the moon and we could have been the ones sending ghost ships or ghost pirates actually to to the to the world. Instead, they're they're Chinese affiliated and who knows, you know, what kind of pirating they're gonna be doing. They already pirate at a at a level that is pretty dangerous for Americans. They they steal our IP all the time, you know, unchecked and on the moon. That's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be pirating, you know, they're making their own cloud on the moon, possibly adding or subtracting from Jeff Bezos. So we have competing, competing clouds. You know, the line, see you on the dark side of the moon, references how much vaping they're actually doing, where even it's dark, but all the vape, you can't even see through the darkness or the vape. It's, it's doubly hard to see. So... This is something we're going to have to do a whole ghost in the sound on this record to really explain the Dark Side of the Moon album and how it relates to 2019 and to just space travel in general. So that was just one event, people. One small little thing that happened this year that I don't think anybody talked about. So let's get to the next point of order. This is like a court, guys. You know, we've been watching the impeachment trials, and we've been getting a lot from it, actually. Um, and the fact is, life is like a court. And there are jurors. You are our jurors. And you have to deliberate all of the evidence that we give you. So this is some more evidence that you're going to have to consider. Why is it that Will Ferrell, Eddie Murphy, and Adam Sandler – are all coming back to SNL after years of not being back. Now they're all coming back on the same year. All of these alumni re returning to re maybe recharge their batteries. I'm not sure what it is. What like why are they coming back to SNL? There's it's a very history show, right? We're in the 45th season of SNL. And I think, you know, 45, you know, you can five, four, nine, but I don't think that is as charged as what's coming up, right? I think it's preparation for something greater. Mm -hmm. Next year will be the 46th. Absolutely. Of SNL, which is also the same, you know, right now we're 46 years from dark side of the moon, 1973, 46. And wow. the Chinese land on the dark side of the moon. Mm -hmm. So you get 46 from the beginning of Saturday Night Live. They, I think, you know, Lauren Michaels obviously knows media well enough. He, he's seen all of this. So he's like, I got to charge up my show too. 
And as we discussed before, you know, 666, obviously, Mark of the Beast. But when you add on that extra six, it adds so much more chaos mm-hmm. to the Absolutely. equation. And it's something that you, you don't even I, – I don't know if everyone – people that use that, you know, quite understand. No one could quite understand the chaos from it, but it does create a lot of energy. And they need these old stars to come back for that extra energy, right? They've, and here's something that I've noticed SNL, they, they get more cameos now, right? Ben Stiller, Woody Harrelson, uh, what's, what was her name? Um, who played um, Kamala Harris? Maya Rudolph. In, Maya Rudolph, of course. We have everybody coming and, and playing these characters, these stars, right? Star power. What do you need all this star power for? It's for that extra six that's coming. That extra six that's going to be on its way is more chaos than Lorne Michaels is ready to take on. And you also say this is the 45th year, and this is the year they really decided to focus in on the 45th president, right? And that's why we have the Baldwins. That's why we have all of this you know, extra Trump stuff is because they were trying to focus in on the 45, but what happens when they go to 46, right? That extra six is, is what they've been doing. They've been preparing for that. And what's even more interesting is that, like I said, the star power, one of these stars that is returning continues to return. And in fact, they have returned six times. Talking about Scar Joe, right? A Disney um, alumni. She's been in, I don't know how many Disney movies, right? Cameos, main stars. She's going to star in her own Black Widow movie in this next 2020 year. And so, yeah, we're talking about Scarlett Johansson. And she has hosted SNL six times. Who, who holds the record? I mean, she probably does, right? I mean, maybe somebody else. But my guess is she's up there. And you have to ask, why do they have such a hard tie with Scarlett Johansson? What is it with her and her star power? And you could say maybe it's Disney, right? Maybe it's Disney. Maybe it's Netflix. She was just in Marriage Story. Um, She's a known shapeshifter. She can play any race, any gender. She could be a tree. She even said she could play trees. Yeah. She could have been in the Lord of the Rings movies. You know, I think that was her kind of making a dig at uh, Peter Jackson for not asking her to be um, in the Lord of the Rings, which I think he he messed up. I think he's even gone on record saying that he should have. He should have cast her as a tree. Right. And I think, you know, if you're listening, you might say, wait a minute. There's lots of people that have hosted SNL six times. Are they are they also involved in all this? But I think you need to look at the – it's important to look at the whole body of evidence because Scarlett Johansson isn't just going – just hosting the show. She is in the process of becoming legally bound to Saturday Night Live through the ritual of marriage. Wow. She is marrying one of the current cast members, Colin Jost, in holy matrimony. And, you know, when you do that, you, you share everything including the SNL studios. That's right. He has a locker in the SNL studios that she will have a key to, right? If she wants to leave her, her jacket, her umbrella there, just in case, you know, she, she needs to, to take it somewhere after she leaves the studio, she can leave it there legally now. Before, you know, she'd go to jail for that. That's a felony. You leave, you leave an umbrella and, and somebody finds it at the SNL studios, you're, you're done, Right. She can do that now. She has privileges where she can look at the script and if they, you know, if they say a joke about her, she can she can change that now, right? Cuz it's her husband that's going to make the joke and she can say, "Hey, that hurts my feelings." You know? That was a little that was a little mean to Benedict Cumberbatch, my co-star. So, censorship is is on its way in SNL, but we also have the fact that I mean, you you, you said it like they aren't involved, the people who've, who've hosted six times. I'm going to push back a little bit on that. Um, 
yeah, they're involved. They're involved. They may they may not be involved in this scheme, right? Because I I think, you know, Lauren Michaels is is a plate spinner. He, he is spinning multiple schemes right now, multiple threads, and he's weaving them together. But I think that you know all these people we need to take take a look a deep deep look at, and see what they did, when they did it, what they knew, and when they knew it. That's true. I mean, but you were talking about who is hosted the most. Gio, right. I mean, think about the power of this. The person who is hosted the most is the person who is first charged for playing the character of the president, Donald Trump, Alec Baldwin. Wow. Right? And we see what scheme he's involved in with the presidency. I mean, guys, if that wasn't – like our little uh, banter right there, right, that Rob and I just had, X's and, and Y's out there as well. That is the magic of this, of this uh, series, of this show. The fact that we were able to prove to you within a small conversation that Alec Baldwin, he's, we've told you his scheme. We've told you everything the Baldwins have been doing with Bieber, with Trump, with everybody, along, you know, Stephen and Billy and everybody. And he's hosted the most on SNL. So, I mean, if that's not proof enough, guys, turn off the podcast, throw your, your phone in a river and start a new life, right? Ghosting ain't for you, you know? And I'm sorry to say that, but I think there, there comes a time when we have to tell our listeners, you know, ghosting is, is a very niche thing. You know, it takes a strong character to, to handle the reality of the multidimensional ghost that we deal with. And if you can't handle the heat, my friend, from this, from this year, the fire, then you, you can't, you know, you, you can't be um, ingesting this kind of information. It's just too volatile. Your, your ears will peel off. So be careful when you listen to this kind of stuff, you know, because some people aren't built for the marathon. They're sprinters, right? And they'll burn up. We're marathon runners, Rob and I. So we're going to keep on going and we just have to put people on check. We, you know, we're counting now how many people are hosting. We're counting the numbers. You know, we are a numbers podcast and we are going to continue with the data driven points that we have. And the fact that ScarJo is six times deep means, and she's younger than Alec, right? Alexander Ray, she's much younger. So how many times do you think she's going to do it? If, especially now that she is going to be married to Colin Jost. Um, I don't know who she's going to be in the White House. I don't know if she's going to be international. I don't know if she's going to the dark side of the moon. Right. I mean, she, I mean, think about it this way, you know, as with her talents as well, you know, she could be anyone that you meet on the street. You could be, you could see Scarlett Johansson today and not even know it. True. And that is scary. That is very scary. And she's also in movies, playing different characters, playing different roles. You've seen multiple reality versions of her this year. You've seen the Black Widow, you know, badass, assassin, Russian, Russian. And I'm, I'm just underlining that right there, right? And then you have her in Marriage Story playing, you know, like a, a divorcee who who is struggling and, and you know with their son and their husband you know, ex-husband and so you know she's embodying different people and she's taking all of those personalities and she's going to be using that in her improv in snl right if you, if you doubt the power of this think about one of the most infamous roles that she played in, in the in the film ghost in the shell oh a clear reference, you know, like that was, mm -hmm. she's more subtle about it now, but. That was right to us. That right. was, that was, you know, it, she tried to hit a Homer and she hit it right into our hands, right? Too obvious, too easy, but it, it led us to following her career a little bit. And so, you know, she's worked with Bill Murray, a ghostbuster before in one of her first um, major leading roles. So, she knows how we act. She knows the way that we 
kind of play by the rules and she is not playing by the rules i don't want to you know uh cast, cast any dispersions towards her character we're going to do a full investigation into ScarJo, and we will find out because scar sounds a lot like the villain from lion king and that makes me nervous so that snl we're putting a pin in it right eddie murphy will ferrell Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's coming back with another scheme of his, so you know he had to come back to SNL to recharge his batteries, and now he's doing uncut gems, and he's probably going to win an Oscar. So let's look at this year's film, because film is a very, very good indicator of the cultural zeitgeist, what's happening, who's talking about what, and a lot of fire was involved. In, in this year, especially. So let's talk about playing with fire. This is a movie, Rob, with John Cena. Um, you know him in the WWE as the You Can't See Me, The Invisible Man. And now we have him, The Invisible Man, playing with fire. So this was a tw the, the 2019 movie, right? If there's any other movie out there that signifies every cultural aspect of 2019 it is playing with fire so definite front runner for this year's casper for sure absolutely i mean i don't want to give it away i don't want to be you know too uh biased here um but i'm not impartial when i say that i love that movie um playing with fire is something that they do in the bible there is now this, this is a biblical moment guys this is a story about um this one guy who was thrown into a furnace and they were going to kill him and then an hour later they check in to see if he's all crispy and he's playing cards with a with a with an angel in the fire he's, he's he asked him you got any jacks and they laughed and they let him out and they said well i guess you know you, you can't be um cast in in the fire so i think they just hung him or something i'm not sure how they killed him they did something else but fire didn't work right this is exactly what john cena is doing in this movie it is a feel-good um, family-oriented movie about firefighters so this is kind of like about us right i mean we are fighting fires maybe not we're probably fighting the real fire which is hellfire right we're the we, we are firefighters on an interdimensional plane we're, we're not fighting you know uh, some kind of small kitchen fire at our neighbor's house i wouldn't even touch that fire that's beneath me we're fighting the hellfire here so that movie is all about us you know i think rob john cena plays you very well i mean yeah it is a flattering portrayal uh but at the end of the day it just it's not the true you know it's not truth right right Hollywood tends to tends to make things a little more cinematic, a little nicer. I mean, I'm not saying that you're not buff, Rob. I'm not saying I'm not saying that at all. But John Cena did probably a little overwork when when it came to his physical fitness because I mean he does look a little bulkier than you. I'm not saying that you're not buff. I mean I've seen you with your shirt off, and I have, and and he he looks a little bit stronger than you in this movie. So. You know, I got Keegan Michael Key to play me, um, and John Leguizamo, uh, he was going to play me too, but uh, Keegan Michael said he, he could do me better. And I, I, I happened to disagree with him. I watched the movie, and yeah, I think you're right. I should have gone with Leguizamo. And but his I, portrayal I, of the horse is, you know, it's, far it's nuanced. Yeah, it's very that's, nuanced. The problem is, I'm I am just a little jealous of of his portrayal of the horse of Mark Luffler. Um, he did get all of the nays, all of the burrs in perfectly. And I just wanted someone as, as you know, professional as Leguizamo to kind of give me, uh, you know, some, 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 some shine, you know? I, I wanted to kind of shine in the movie. I think you did really well. I think John Cena did really good for you. And Leguizamo killed it with Mark. So I'm not, I'm not upset with, with, with Keegan-Michael Key. I'm just, you know, if we look at, the key and peel dynamic i think i got stuck with 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 the you know the lemon 
and not the orange. You know what I'm saying? It's it's always harder to to watch yourself, Gio. And I think he did a a fabulous job. And I think across the board, all those performances, again, look out for the Caspers early next year in award season. Uh, The only award that really matters, you can skip the rest. Yeah. Um, But I think across the board, you can expect nominations for all these roles. And we're going to see, hopefully, in the director's cut, um, some more reality kind of seep through. You know, hopefully they have us, you know, talking a little more about ectos and a little more more about hauntings, EVPs, because we, they they do talk about that in the movie, but it's it's brief. It's a montage, and we need more because we do more like that. And so, um, yeah, shout out to Keegan. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, no, you're right. You know, I, I might have been a little um, not nauseated when I saw him looking exactly like I did. And that was a little strange. Knowing how buff John Cena was, uh, it kind of made me think, oh, well, you know, John Cena is doing a kind of different role, a a little more enhanced Rob, right? But seeing Keegan just do exactly the way that I do things was a little strange. It made me feel a little sick. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, um, Depth Step and also uh, Adam Driver, I've heard. They cannot look at themselves on film. It's true. It's kind of like looking in a mirror, right? Every once in a while, yeah. you'll look over and go, oh my goodness, who's... Oh, yeah. it's it's just me. Okay. It's just me. And literally, Johnny Depp can't do it because he turns up invisible in, in most of the movies he's in. He's been painted in most of the frames that he, he's in movies in because vampires don't have reflections. Vampires cannot be filmed. Yada, yada, yada. You guys know that. That's that's in your, your books, so... We just wanted to uh, quickly mention that Playing With Fire is a movie that talks about 2019. It is uh, in the running for the Caspers, but it's not a haunted movie, right? This is one of the good ones. Let's talk about some of the bad ones because we do have movies that talk about hell and Satan. This is a movie called Angel Has Fallen. Um, Rob, you know the fallen angel. Who is who is the most fallen? I mean, obviously, we're speaking of the grand daddy demon himself, mm-hmm. Lucifer. Be- Beetlezebub. Beel. Jessica Beel. Beelzebub. Mm. The right hand of God. The ex right hand of God. God's ex boyfriend if you want to call them that, because they were friends and they are, Lucifer, I think might be a, a boy's name. I'm not sure. Lucy though. That's, that's, I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, we don't want to necessarily gender Lucifer here. It's true. Satan could be, could be any and none if, if he want, if they want it to be, I'm not even sure, but the movie itself doesn't really get into the gender politics of Lucifer it just focuses on the fact that he fell and this is about you know literal satan falling to earth right the angel has fallen where does he fall he falls you know smack dab in washington dc where else where else and this movie is you know a gerard butler movie it is uh, about patriotism it is about you know, um, killers and plots to, you know, assassinate presidents. And Morgan Freeman is the president in this movie, and he, he plays this man named Alan Trumbull, right? The president of the United States, Alan Trumbull. So why are we talking about this movie about Lucifer and Alan Trumbull? Right there, there's a lot of a, a lot of things that we could glean from this movie, but the fact is documentary. We should say exactly perfect, perfectly stated. That's where I was going with it. The fact is, this is a documentary. This isn't a movie. This is a a movie parading as a, a documentary parading as a movie, basically. And this is the third installment. So this director here, he is. Probably um, just like us, his name is Rick Roman. Wog. I'm not sure how do you say his last name, but Rick Roman. I don't Roman. think there is a definitive way to say it. Yeah. 
that's Rick the kind Rome. of magic that we're dealing with. And a, a man without a true name. Exactly. And only a man without a true name could create a movie such as Angel Has Fallen. Like we said, this is not going to be a positive review because this is <laughs> the third movie, right? This is a trilogy. And most movies end with trilogies. And we could talk about some that don't. But most movies end with trilogies, and, and they try to go for, if not a trilogy, they go for a six. I'm not sure what they call that. And if not six, they go for a nine, right? They always do threes. Why? Uh, people are inherently evil. They like uh, evil numbers, and they want to corrupt you know, people, the population of the world. So now we have the third installment, and we look and see that it did well enough to where they're going to make three more movies. They're going for six. That's a long, long way to fall. So for those of you who may not be as in the scene, we're talking about the film White House is Fallen. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, London has oh, fallen. Oh, I'm right. sorry. The, the first one was called Olympus has Olympus. fallen. Olympus, yes. It, which, mean, which was about how the White House exploded. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's how you begin your series. And, you're, and you keep falling after that. All the way to London. The, that's like to the other side of the, uh, of the globe. You're falling through Earth. Mm -hmm. And then now... And this third installment, you're flying through the heavens. Right. Through Lucifer. layers so like, of How heaven. much farther can you fall? And the, we're going to find out because it's going to fall for another three movies. And so at the very end, when it hits rock bottom, that means – and this is – I don't want to freak people out. But if we continue to watch these movies, we will descend with them, with whatever is falling – to the pit of hell, right? It is, it is going to fall as far down, and as far down as it goes, it will take us with it. So Gerard Butler, please reconsider. Please make other movies that aren't this series. I know he's not going to listen to us. He's a producer on this, which means that he has drinking the communal wine that's full of you know, blood probably. So he is now a part of the ritual. And now has his money tied in with the Fallen series. And, you know, if, if Revenge of the Fallen, the movie with uh, the, the tr Transformers movie, wasn't bad enough, now we have the Fallen six movies that, that's going to come out. And if, it, if that does well, they're going to make a series, a TV series. They're copying Star Wars here, which, guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but Star Wars just came out, the ninth movie. So this is basically them trying to recreate Lionsgate, trying to recreate Star Wars with Gerard Butler as Luke Skywalker. So that movie, Angel Has Fallen, is about Lucifer. It's about bringing us down, right? Playing with Fire is a social commentary about 2019 as a whole and us and Ghost in the Scene and our role as firefighters. And, Rob, let's talk about the top grossing movies this year because here we see, you know, where the culture is moving. Where are we putting our bucks, right? And what you see is Disney's taking the lion's share. I don't see Lionsgate anywhere in this list at all. So as much as Lionsgate wants to, you know, do their Lucifer you know, series, their saga, it feels like they're kind of working at the very edges of Hollywood. That Hollywood itself is multiple factions and that Disney seems to be at the top, but there are a lot of people fighting for the bottom. So let's talk about these movies. Um, the top grossing films of this year, eight of them happen to be Disney movies, Avengers, Lion King, Toy Story 4, which they're going to go for six. I mean, you have to, you have to imagine they're going to go for six, right, Rob? I mean, it's at this point, it's inevitable, right? As soon as you start the series over again, 
And this is Disney that we're talking about. This is a machine mm -hmm. at this point. You know, it is going, it's creating all these calculations. It, they're working like crazy to paint over all these sort of magic that they're creating, these voodoo dolls that they've brought to life are now alive. There's no stopping them. And they have to continue to make movies just to, to keep the dolls from having something, you know, to break or to do. They need, you know, some kind of, like dogs, if you get a very smart dog, it will become depressed if you don't give it a task. If you don't, you know, have it do something for you, it will become, you know, it'll start ripping apart your, you know, all of your toilet paper. It's going to eat your, your shoes. It's going to poop all over the place. They become restless. And that's what voodoo dolls do. If you don't give them action, then they're going to start, you know, chasing little kids around. So Disney has started this can of worms and they have to push it to six movies now because they've just made more and more of these dolls. And then they did, you know, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Frozen 2. They're going to make a Frozen 3, right? I mean, so 2020 as much as we want to pretend that it's going to be, you know, this nice and easy breezy kind of year, this is all setting up to be another giant chaotic battle, right? We might be stronger, but they're also getting stronger. The only movies that aren't Disney movies on this list, at least on the domestic uh, gross revenue, are Joker and It Chapter 2. And what? And they're both produced by Warner Brothers. What do they have in common? It's it's pretty obvious, guys. I mean, the clown face makeup. What does that remind you of, Rob? I mean, it's they're pale as pale can be, mm -hmm. white as a ghost, as people may say. Mm -hmm. So, I you know. I know that we've battled a lot with Warner Brothers, but to their credit, it seems like they are shifting their content, right? They've listened to our show, and it sounds like they're starting to pay attention, and they're producing more content to spread more awareness of ghosts. Exactly. And I think they are doing something beneficial for the public. They are showing the hand of Disney. Right? They are explaining to people the magic trick that's happening before their very eyes that Disney is trying to pull off. And for us, it's great because you know, it's more validation um, for the Ghost in the Scene team because we predicted and, and found this evidence out months ago. But knowing that somebody else came to the same conclusion gives credence to our arguments. So now that you can't call us crackpots anymore, right? you can't call us liars and you know hucksters because we're not it's a part of the pop popular culture yeah and they know it as much as we do and they are explicitly telling you in the movie it chapter two what disney is trying to do if you think about it it chapter two is about a ghost clown right who attacks kids when they're young and tries to eat them, right? And then kids, eventually, they battle it, right? And they get over it. And then 27 years later, they're adults, and the monster comes back and then tries to eat them again. What does that remind you of? Uh, to me, it reminds me of reboots, of Disney remaking The Lion King, remaking Dumbo, Aladdin, these are all movies that came out in 2019, and those are all remakes from 1990s movies. And more importantly, it's the transformation, right? Because in their original movies, they make them as cartoons, mm -hmm. which, as we've discussed before, is live action that they paint over to yes. hide all the terrible things that they're doing on set. But mm -hmm. what do they do now in 2019? The gloves are off. There's no more paint. They are giving us the ghosts raw. Real raw dog animals. 
And yes, it is scary. And yes, it is, you know, when you watch it chapter two, it's not a pleasant experience, but it's more than just a movie. It is just like dark side of the moon. It is a roadmap to what Disney is doing. So, you know, shout out to Warner brothers. We, we may have been enemies before, but we may be able to forge a, a new bond in 2020. Now we know that not everyone's good and they're not all good all the time. And so, you know, we have to keep our check, you know, and, and watch them, but still our, the enemy of our enemy may be our friend. Right. And that's the politics of it. And I think moving forward to 2020 as well is I think this recognition that we're not always going to agree with people. It's always a fight. It's always going to be a fight, mm -hmm. but you know, we also have to be aware of building coalitions of being able to work with each other, because as we all know, being in the scene, you know, we might not always have the same opinions, but we are in the scene together and the stronger we are together, uh, you know, the more powerful we can be to topple the most evil of the structures. And it's not going to end with that. Even when that, when that does topple, we're going to still have to work things out amongst ourselves. But that to me is what being in the scene is about is just having presence with each other. Absolutely. And in terms of you think, you know, if we're doing this, you better believe that the enemy is also doing this. You, you look at Spider-Man and technically that is a Sony pictures, you know, they Disney gave Sony uh, a bone there. They say, Hey, you can have Spider-Man. They're trying to like cover up their tracks a little, you know, they're, yeah. they're partnering with Spider-Man. I know they've recently had a falling out, but they're mm -hmm. intertwined. You know, it's, it's the Spidey web. And it's a very delicate web that they are weaving. And, you know, we have to be the flashlight to the web that shows each strand and where it goes. Right, because somewhere there is a spider, and somewhere that spider is is feasting on innocent children. You know, and it's funny when I say spider because that is the form that it will take sometimes as a giant spider. So, Warner Brothers is is clearly um, pointing out some some bad things that Disney's doing. So we're glad they're doing that. And there's just one more thing that's interesting. Domestic box office is one thing. Right. And I think we did miss one, actually, Gio. The 10th the film, actually, is a universal picture. It's coming straight from the universe, right? Whoa. Is the film Us. Yes. Always left off many lists this year, and I think purposely so, because this is the first quote-unquote original film, or the only quote-unquote original film, original intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, again, uh, you know, this is what Jordan Peele was working on when Keegan-Michael Key was working with you as you. And mm -hmm. that's my little hint. That's why I was saying quote unquote, because guess what? This, yeah. this idea ain't fresh, people. Sorry. And, yeah. You know, and, and I don't want to, you know, say that that's a bad thing, but there's awareness, you know. And if you're in the scene, you knew that you've seen this story before. Yeah, when, when I saw Us, I mean, I, I waited until the very end of the credits to see if we got mentioned, and we didn't, okay? And I was, I was going to get pissed. I really was. And then Keegan, Michael Key, sent me a text, and he said, listen, you know, Jordan begged the studios to put you guys in the thank you section of the credits, but the studios said no. Universal said no. And you know why they said no? He said, because another universe requested that we were not put on the list. So I don't know what fucking bullshit universe wants to fuck with ghosts in the scene. But I know that Keegan and Peel, Key and Peel, they're both on our side. It, it is like you said, it's politics, it's ghost politics, which is even more convoluted because you're not dealing with just American ghosts. You're dealing with European, with ancient ghosts, not even from, you know, Europe itself, but from old civilizations and their politics is a lot different. So 
I just have to say, you know, it was a picture perfect depiction of what happened to you when you found your doppelganger and how when you were in the ghost dimension, you found your doppelganger and he returned with you. This is exactly what happened. So, you know, life imitates art, art imitates life. And we just happen to be one of the most creative duos when it comes to our personal experiences. We just live, you know, lives a quarter mile at a time. Right. And it just so happens that we are the source of a lot of inspiration for people. And I, I'm happy with that. Obviously we have the pulse of Hollywood, right? We, we have since day one and going through our entire history, we see that Hollywood has taken cues from us every step of the way trying to undercut us but i think at the end of the day though it only makes us stronger yeah it's just bolstering our, our audience you know um counterculture is is a big thing you know the fact that the mainstream and even the under the mainstream kind of ignores us and and, and puts us away as you know some kind of crackpots and but the fact is they're afraid of the truth that we're telling and there is a counter counterculture that is deeply involved with the scene. And, you know, we thank all of you for a year full of just ups and downs. You know, I mean, there were so many times where, you know, I was going to hit delete on the episode because it was just too hot. And, you know, thanks to the, the guidance of, of Rob and, you know, all the ceremonies that, that we, we've done this year. You know, I was able to to get strength and and kind of reinvigor the feelings that I have for for the paranormal community because there are a lot of good ghosts out there. You know, there may be some bad ones, but there are some good ones. And you know, I want to thank you, Rob, for for this year. Um, it, it could not have been you know harder for for either of us. You know, it, it was it was a tough slog, but you know, without your stewardship in in this podcast, our ship would have been lost. Like if someone blew the vape cloud away from earth, we'd be floating in space, you know? And I'm glad that we're, you know, we're on a crash course to the truth instead. It is. And it's a big, it's a big testament, like to everything that everyone is doing to you as well, Gio, for hosting uh, this podcast with me and everyone that we are able to get on the show. Uh, you know, this year has its ups and downs, you know, we, there was, you know, the one time where our episode was lost. Yes. And, and that shows to the power, you know, this has been a very fiery year and I want to big shout out to all of our contributors out there mm -hmm. that have been with us. Yes. One, uh, Rashid, Mr. Mr. A. A, you know, Greg, Caitlin. You know, we had a lot of people come through the doors of our headquarters, a lot of interns, a lot of ghosts, you know, good and bad. You know, we, we vetted out the bad ones. We kept the good ones. And so just shout out to, you know, to Hector, Octavio, to Jonathan, to Sandy, to Brenda, to, to TT. And this, this goes to show, like, 2020, we're talking about building coalitions you better believe that we are building more coalitions here on in the scene and we want to make sure that those voices are heard as well so be in the mm -hmm. scene for that um be in the scene for when your voice is heard on the show because that's where we're heading folks absolutely and we're gonna we're gonna leave you guys with one last little tidbit of information that will just leave a shiver down your spine we want to you know this is the christmas time this is winter time and we want to send you guys off with a little bit of a, a scared feeling, right? Because you need to be on your toes. You need to be consistently aware of your surroundings. If not, you are bound to be possessed. That's just going to happen. So let's end with the international. This is the only outlier outside of uh, uh, you know, America that made it in the international gross box office. Um, if we were... Uh, Chinese uh, speakers, we would be able to give justice to this name. Sadly, we, neither of us are. Um, we don't know the phonetics. Uh, Rob, can can you give it your your best shot? So we're speaking of the one of the biggest films of the year. Of course, 
you know, we haven't spoken of it, but everyone saw it. Not necessarily domestically, but everyone saw it. It's called Neza. Yes. Neza. And now, it's about yeah. a little boy? Not just a young boy. This, so the, this is the title character, right? Mm-hmm. He's not just a boy, but he is a like god of sorts. He's birthed from a heavenly pearl from the primeval lord of heaven. Wow. And he is destined through prophecy to bring destruction to the entire world. That sounds like... And has to choose between good and evil whether to follow through and destroy the world or save it. Now, I haven't seen this movie, um, and so I don't know the ending, and I can't spoil it for you, and I'm sorry for that, people. But this sounds like Angel Has Fallen or a, a version of that, right? This, this sounds like the angel that has fallen is the destroyer of the world. So China released this movie, right? This is a Chinese feature film that is an animation, you said, right? Or something close to that? I'm, right. So obviously they're painted frames, as I'm saying. Right. So a painted frame to, to kind of soften the blow of reality that there is on this planet right now somebody who has the power to destroy the world or save it. Now, save it from who? There's a lot of people that, you know, want to end the world. So this guy has a lot to choose from. But the fact is, people, in China, somebody can destroy the world. I don't know who it is. You don't know who it is. And that should scare you. And we want to scare you. So until 2020, stay in the scene. Keep your eyes on the screen. Obviously, we, don't, we will be speaking more about the symbolism of 2020. But make sure your vision is clear, folks. We're, we're going to have more clarity than ever. And we look forward to be presenting that with you. Mm-hmm. And to make sure, because this is, this is the world that we have at stake here. And this is the multiverse that we have at stake as well. You know, we have universes that are out to get us. We have parallel ghosts, doppelgangers that are out to get us. We have major movie corporations that are out to get us. We have our, my tax creditors are out to get me. So we got a lot of predators out there. And so we got to watch out for each other. I'm so glad to have spent this year in my community of paranormal researchers and truth seekers. So, you know, we're going to keep this train going, this ghost train, and we're not stopping until the wheels fall off. So, guys, uh, thank you for a wonderful year, and take care. We love you.